This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new episode. I'm Jonathan London and we're going to be talking movies, video games, comic books, pop culture. That's a typical Geekscape episode. I sit down with a storyteller, we talk about the stories they tell, and we also talk a little bit of news and reviews. This episode though is our Spider-Man Far From Home special. You know how these specials work. I sit down with my good friend Ian Kerner and we talk through the movie. Um, Sitting down on this one, I don't generally know what Ian thought of the movie. I have my inclinations. He doesn't know what I think of the movie, but I will tell you this, I've seen it twice, and... So you hated it. I have two different versions of the movie. Oh. And it's really strange. But this one, we all know, is going to be full of spoilers. So if you guys have not seen Spider-Man Far From Home, you're going to want to bail out. Because it's worth preserving. There's a lot of fun surprises and things in the movie. It's obviously the, uh, or it's at least being touted as the end of Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And whether or not it sets the stage for Phase 4, that's up to you guys to discuss uh, amongst yourselves in our Geekscape forum over on Facebook. Or maybe you want to throw us on Instagram, Geekscape Forever, or Twitter. Tweet at us. but um, And we'll probably discuss that. But, but, but Ian and I will definitely be discussing it. So if you guys want to avoid all spoilers, this is your last warning for Spider-Man Far From Home. Ian, I went to see the movie Tuesday night as you did. Yes. And I walked out of the theater so incredibly underwhelmed by this film. I Opposite. No, and, and, I, and I gleamed that from your comments right before the episode started. And the last three or four days, I was thinking about just how completely underwhelmed I was by this experience and as a Spider-Man movie, how it was fun and it felt like a teen comedy with Spider-Man in it, which is fine, but here are the things that were my problem problems up until today when I went to see the movie and give it a second day in court, and I really, really enjoyed it. Okay. So it really feels like a tale of two. two, two uh, I'm wondering what, what changed for you. Um, I'm also I, wondering how. Well, I mean, all right. Well, 
Let's talk about what your issues were the first time because because yeah. I loved the movie. Yeah. I yeah. absolutely loved it. And I went in, I heard some reviews weren't that good and I was shocked because it was, cons for me, first of all, it's consistently funny and fun and just really had that sense of, you know, Peter being so decent. I really liked it. It, it sort of played on his naivete mm -hmm. and yet I feel like it got to a place where he got past that and he, you know, really stepped up. He has an arc in it. We realize he stepped up. He realizes why Tony has faith in him, and and he embraces that, you know. Um, sure. So in all those ways, I thought it was a good Spider-Man movie. I mean, look, from the get-go going into it, the notion of Far From Home for me was like, well, we want our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. We haven't gotten much of Spider-Man in New York, and we're already having him leave New York, you know. So that that was my issue before I saw the movie, and I had no issue with it. Um, in particular, I felt that because I was worried. You know, oh, now it's going to follow up Endgame and how's it really going to do that? It did a great job of doing that. Mm -hmm. It gave us a lot of information about how the world works, you know, that, that world building aspect of it, which I thought was, was really well handled. And interestingly enough, probably the best of any of the movies, you know, to do that in. Because seeing how it affected kids and, you know, and adults and everything else, like it really, you know, this of all of them is really a slice of life, right? And it didn't dwell on those things. Didn't dwell, just told you. Yeah, this is what it was, you. that's what it is. Oh, we have to repeat school, you know, because we're in the middle of the year. No, it totally, yeah, I have to redo the year. And, you know, it just is what it is, you know? So my laundry list of things that bothered me the first time that didn't bother me at all the second time. Okay. Um, and it was a very long list, Ian. Um, first off... It, the, the, the listeners should know that I actually said to you before we started that... I have nothing negative to say about this movie. You'll get there. I probably, I usually do, right? Once we start talking. Like when right. we started talking about X-Men First Class and, I, and you were like, I loved it. And then you started talking about it. I was like, are you sure you loved it? Yeah. I had a lot, <laughs> I had a lot of issues with that movie. Um, so this film, um, here are the biggies for me uh, as I was continuously underwhelmed in my first screening of the movie. Um, the mysterious stuff takes too long to, to, to manifest. And in let me get through this because there's a bit. Uh I felt so I shouldn't address each thing that's your issue? No, because they're addressed. I saw the movie again, and I have and you're I, right. I have addressings for them. I have okay. the, They are being addressed. Um, so I felt the first, upon first screening that Quentin Beck's reveal, and he has that really great toast, which I enjoyed. I, there are things that I enjoyed the first time I saw it. Mm -hmm. That Quentin Beck toast is awesome, mm -hmm. where they're shouting out to all the past by, uh, Tony Stark employees, and you're seeing it's glimpses awesome. of them from awesome. the, the first movies. Uh, and obviously, like I mean, when I literally see Peter Billingsley in, yeah. in the crowd. I was like, "Holy crap!" And really, all you need did. to do is put Peter, Peter Billingsley in a movie, and I'm happy. Yeah. And so that yeah. definitely checked the box on that one. And I in in Jake Gyllenhaal's performance of Quentin Beck is sincere in places and monstrous in other places. And I really thought that that he's the dynamic actor to deliver it, and he did a great job. And it was a lot of fun. And that toast scene is just like scene-chewingly fun, and I love that, totally. that toe scene. So that worked for me, but it came what I felt about 10 to 15 minutes too late in the film, and I worried, I, I remember thinking when I walked out of the movie the first time, be like, okay, so his plan was to take over Stark's network of global satellites and drones so he could do exactly what he was already doing to prove that he was a hero, except bigger? Wait, he could have he just kept on the same path he was already on without all the really cir circumstantial maneuvering with Peter and, and, and Fury. And he would have ended up the hero that he was going to be anyway because 
holy shit, they're destroying Venice. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, so I, so first off, the first time I saw it, his trajectory, Quentin Peck's trajectory, uh, his escalation seemed a little excessive towards a direction. It wasn't like he changed direction. He was exacerbating his direction. And I felt like that was a bit artificially uh, dramatic. I was like, okay. This and, and how did that change for you in the second view? Uh, I, I, the way that I saw it the second way was, so first off, the solution I had coming out of that first screening was, okay, if he has a global network, why is he attacking several cities at once mm-hmm. and really becoming a, a hero? And now, and, and now he, there's multiple Mysterios that are all illusions that are solving problems all over the world, and Peter's got to pick the right one using his Peter Tingle mm-hmm. or something. Like something that really is a global threat in the way that he's gone from a, a threat that attacks one city at a time, now he's got a global network. The equivalent to having a global network would be becoming a global threat as opposed to a threat that's one city at a time, mm-hmm. which... Then suddenly, it's justified why Quentin would want this, 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 this upgrade of his capacity in the in the Edith thing. So I didn't feel like him acquiring Edith did much except make him locally bigger instead of globally bigger because it is a global tool that he takes on. So that was not nearly a problem for me the second time around. Um, there's a little bit of uh, of dialogue going into it that um, that kind of just explains what he wants his trajectory to be. Uh, I feel like the expectation I had coming out of Monday, uh, the first time I saw it, was unfair. And watching it the second time, it absolutely worked for me. Um, the other thing that w- that was kind of grating on me that first time I saw it was. How many times we play the beat of Peter just wanting to go on vacation with his friends? Mm-hmm. I felt like it was a lot the first time I saw it. And again, Venice is being destroyed. <laughs> At what point, Peter, do you say, you know what? There's something bigger than me in this trip I had, I had, I had, I had um, made ideal in my head to go out with my friends. And I'm going to put that whole idealistic pursuit away and I am going to help the world because I just saw Venice get destroyed. So I I really have to kind of put that whole thing away. I have a power nobody else has and with that power comes a responsibility nobody else has. So the fact that he then goes to Prague and starts playing the whole I just want to be on a vacation with my friends thing starts to bug me and... I just kept thinking, okay, now you're going to duck out on the opera, like you, like you were ducking out in Venice, and now you're going to figure out what to put on your face, and now you've got this costume. And um, the, the second time that I saw the take off your clothes thing, it still didn't work for me. The take off your clothes joke still didn't totally work. Um, but, hey, that was another way to get him in a, in a, in a compromise mm-hmm. situation where he has to figure out like how to cover the fact that he's Spider-Man or not. Um, so Peter started to me not using his full intelligence. Like, why not just tell Edith to delete the photograph off of Brad's phone? I remember Brad. Being, that was my first thought. Yeah, as to what just, was going to happen there. Just yeah. fry his phone. It would be really funny to suddenly have Brad's phone catch on fire mm-hmm. or something like that. Obviously, not nearly as cinematic as a drone strike on a on a bus. And that, that and that's really where it gets down to. It is like. You want the drone strike on the bus, right? Cinematically, you want the drone strike yeah, on the bus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. You know, one of my issues going back to Homecoming was okay. Went into it with we don't need the origin again. We don't, right? Yeah. But one of the issues with not doing the origin again is 
There's some subtle references, but we don't get the Uncle Ben, the with great power comes great responsibility. We but, see he's acting it, but we don't get it. But how great and, was that when you see the suitcase? I love, the, the, love, the, love the suitcase. Says, and, and, well, yeah, like, I, yeah, no, the, the Uncle Ben definitely existed. You know, Peter has a suitcase. It says BFP. My fiance next to me, she didn't get it. I was like, oh, I just whisper. I said, those are his uncle's initials. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I'll stay on, on where we are on, on this conversation point. I want to go back to something else you said in a second in regards to, you know, seeing it from someone's perspective that, that, that doesn't know the movies. But, you know, here we have, he's a teenager. He just wants to live his life a little bit. He wants to do that. And even with the Uncle Ben lesson, let's assume it's there and he has it, I still feel like, you know, I said to you early on, we heard the plans, the Sony plans to keep him in high school this long. I was like, shit. And the comics is in high school for 28 issues. That's right. That's it. It's like, how long are you going to keep in high school? Like, Spider-Man as a, as a kid is not really that long. Yes, he becomes Spider-Man at age 15, but it's not that many issues. Well, you know, we've had Spider-Man going now for, you know, oh, over yeah. 50 years. Yeah. You know, it'll be 60 years soon, you know? And for, like... Four years, he's even a teenager, and, and by the way, he's past the age of majority in, you know, two and a half years. You know? He graduates high school in issue 28, he starts college in issue 31. So something funny happened between my screening on Tuesday, in which I was like, come on, Peter, get it together, and why are you still being, why are you still stuck in a teen comedy when really immense stuff is happening around you? Where is... The, the where is the pathos? Where's that deeper drama that we sometimes get with Peter when there's tragedy and there's things like that? And so here's something funny that happened before I went to see it again this morning was I watched the deleted scene from Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. <laughs> where Peter's father comes back and reveals himself to him. At, I've never seen at this. At Gwen's grave. I will send it to you. Really? Yeah. I have it somewhere. No, no. It's a, uh, I, well, I saw it on YouTube. And... Holy crap, what a dour, joyless seven and a half minutes. I believe it. Of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And it was excruciating. And I'm watching this incredibly dour, dark, pregnantly dramatic. This is what's so important about being a man and responsibility. And this is why I had to hide from you, Peter. And it was just so drenched. There was no levity mm-hmm. to it, no no fun. That, that when I came back to it, this I feel like the second time I watched this movie, I heard every word and I got every beat. Whereas when I watched it on Tuesday, I just kept wanting to shoehorn it into the movie that I needed after Endgame had such high stakes. And now I'm watching this and there's a bit more levity. And Peter is pretty clear. He just wants to go on vacation with his friends. He was just dead. He was just dead. (laughs) He was dead. And he just helped save the whole world. And yeah, that's exactly it. He was dead and he saved the whole world. Can he just, you know, have a minute? I'm watching this today and I'm like, yeah, there are other heroes and there are other things. And like, Fury's kind of He's not not gone for a month. He was going for like a week. And and, and Fury's not getting it. Um, and, And Tony saw this in him. And so, to, I feel like the second time I saw it, I was really getting the bouts of confidence instead of getting the, and, and why the is way, Peter such a jerk? By the way, jerk. when you watch everything else, Tony had a life. Tony had a life. And, and in particular, you know, we don't really see it, but even in Endgame, five years went by. What the, clearly, Tony wasn't out doing shit. No, he had a daughter. He had a daughter, he had a life. He wasn't, right. you know, like, yeah. If it's really, I mean, look. 
Nick came, showed up. Well, Nick what? Fury. We'll yeah. get to that. But, but you know, and seemingly it is the end of the world. But you know what? When that was the case, he, Peter got involved. He yes. did not get involved when he heard that. So, 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 Jonathan, you have to understand that Peter also got involved in this one, and he helped with the right. he helped with the fire elemental. Yeah. And then when the fire elemental was put to rest, he's like, "We good?" He's like, "We're not only are we good, I'm retiring from the responsibility that that Tony gave me because." And there's a in credit to Tom Holland on this because I did not catch it the first time around where he said. There's a really nice delivery in that bar scene, which I still don't totally get while they're in costume in a bar scene, why Peter would be naive enough to sit in a bar in, a, I know. in his costume well, well, still. What's but, interesting but about says, his costume is it's, yeah. just, it's just a black thing. Like it, I know, it, but, it doesn't look but like Quentin's still in his. Yeah. <laughs> and, there, and there's two guys just sitting in a yeah, costume. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, as far as Peter knows, populated. Mm-hmm. That bar, as far as Peter knows, is populated. We yeah. learn later that it's a, it's, a, it's a hologram. But... I'm sitting there going, hey, you guys are kind of being a little silly here. Your costume's at a bar. Peter, you're smarter than this. But the delivery where he says, Tony trusted me to make the decision, mm-hmm. it it rang differently this time I saw it. And I was like, okay. That's how I got it the first here time. Here we go. It wasn't a dude. Let's blame it on the jet lag. <laughs> and so um, I wanted that beat to, the Monday night, Tuesday night, I wanted that beat to come a little earlier. It, this time it came right when I wanted it because... It got there because I also heard every word of that rooftop sequence that minister when Quentin comes and visits him on the rooftop. That's a really important scene that shouldn't be glazed over. You know, for me, going into the movie when we heard, oh, you know, Mysterio's a hero, and I was like, no, he's not. You know, and and there have been, you know, the, the comics you know, sort of handle it handled a little bit differently in the uh, Ultimate Universe and him you know, posing as a hero at first. And there was a nod to that as well as the alternate reality stuff. Um, yes, in the, we're in 616. The other one was the Ultimate Universe? Yeah. Yeah. And... Because you heard that number and I was like, I bet that's Ultimate. No, no, no. That, no. that, that wasn't. The well, number the, he said the, is... The, the number he says is what? Uh, it's 8... I think it was 8... 33, 8, yeah, it was something like that. What is it? It was... Um, I think it's the uh, Spider-Man UK Universe. Okay. Um... And, but the thing is, is going into it, one of the things that was interesting for me, so my fiance came with, she had seen like the Iron Mans before we met, you know, we're together a couple of years, you know, living together, you know, she has a nine-year-old, we've been watching all the Marvel movies, so she's caught up now. So well, let's, you know, come to this one. And she was like, yeah, sure, why not? And it was actually funny. We uh, we had a bite to eat first. We were seeing an A15 movie, you know, and she had a glass of wine with dinner. She decided to have a second one. She's going to fall asleep. She's like, well, if it's really good, I won't. It's like, a, we're joking. She's going to fall asleep. She enjoyed the movie so much. At one point, she was getting really tired. She just sat up. And, like, she never does it. Like, she was into it. And that was interesting for me because I was literally sitting there. But both the fact that it was consistently funny and sweet and cute was a big thing for her. But in particular for me, the mysterious things, I'm sitting there going, well, the whole time I'm going like, all right, well, he's the bad guy. I'm like, how does this play to someone else? And, you know, to someone that doesn't know it, it plays like, oh, it's a twist. She really was it's shocked a good by twist. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, she just, she was along for the ride. Because Monday, I, uh, the first... Uh, I'm, uh, I'm waiting for it. Upon first viewing, I felt like I was waiting too long for it. Right, and that, that's what I wanted to say when you said that. But, but no, it plays. It mm-hmm. plays well, you know, it, it works. In particular, what I felt was... You know, and, and I, I again, I said the same thing about Vulture in the first, you know, in, in Spider-Man Homecoming. They actually managed to take, distill everything from the comic version that it needed to be there and still 
seamlessly fit it into the MCU and make it very much, I mean, it was truly part of it. You know, in the first movie, it was the way they went back and had him, you know, being a vulture, all the scraps from everything from, you know, the Battle of New York. And this, by pulling all those scenes, by inserting him into the Civil War scene, you know, and having it be that technology. By the way, and you know this, I was very upset. I felt that the Civil War thing was set up to have that technology be how you cure Bucky. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't imagine that that wasn't initially intended and then they, they right. just got went away with that. But so for me, I was really happy. I was like, you, can't, you don't come up with that and do nothing with it, right? Yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was a cool scene, but that was it. So yeah, the fact that they ran with it here, young Tony. No, they're doing it here. Yeah, and it was great. I mean, and it really was. They gave him like the Steve Jobs color. Yeah, but, but 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 it was exactly. Mm-hmm. It was Mysterio. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really it was that great sinister way of taking that same technology. And I go right? and again when you think of Mysterio, and of course watching the previews, I was like, okay, so he takes on Mysterio. This isn't that threatening of a villain, and then giving him a network. Yeah, and giving him like really. There's that the best sequence in the movie. There's a lot of good sequences in the movie that I will now say. Um, having, well, it has a very aim feel, doesn't it? Well, yes, but but the sequence in the movie where he basically does the scarecrow poisoning mm-hmm. on him and he's just throwing yeah. Peter through mirage after it was a, great. It was phenomenal, and I and I thought it was great. And, I, thought, and, I thought it was great the first time and, I saw and, it. And that has happened in the comics with Mysterio and it's many amazing. times. In the imagery in it, in yeah. the directing of that, in the uh, whole, things like all, all, all the spiders on top of him is like is like a nod to the clone saga. There's so much in There's that. There's so much in that. And I'm watching this. It feels like it's a uh, it's MJ just, getting thrown from the bridge. I it's mean, incredible. And I'm yeah. watching that that the first time I saw it, that was the highlight of the, of the screening. This time, I'm just loving it. Um, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed the movie the second time. I actually yeah, really enjoyed we, it a we, lot. We could sit here and talk about how much comedy was in there. You know, there's so much fun stuff in it. Sure. Um, you know, as I think you feel the same, it's driven me nuts that they made a decision in Homecoming to take the ganky character from Miles Morales' version of Spider-Man. And, in, and I get, so they... It sort of modernized it to have Peter have th- that relationship with this character. Mm-hmm. And then they named him Ned because Ned is a character from the mm-hmm. Peter Parker mythos. And yet the Ned Leeds character, you know, has never in any way been that. He was an older guy. He was a reporter. But he happened to get involved with and marry Betty Brandt. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they actually put Ned together with the Betty Brandt character in this was great. Mm-hmm. Besides the fact that, such, I mean, the comedy that was, you know, that they managed to get out of that. Out of just all of that about, you know, the, the cutesy little teenage thing and it happened so quick and all of it. It was just absolutely great. The Brad Davis character was a character from the comics yep. at one point that was, you know, you know, after Mary Jane. I remember Brad troubling me on, on the first, first screening more than it troubled me the second time because it, because I was like, wait a minute. How old was Brad when the blip that, happened? That, that's what I didn't get. That, that's what bothered so, me. So they just didn't. So Brad just didn't go to school. And no, he's no, like no, 21 no, 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 no. Brad was a little kid. He was I younger, and they that's, said that's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The they, little they, kid who gets the nosebleeds. Yes, but so, I didn't think he was a middle schooler. Yeah, I, I think the idea there was that because it was the whole thing about the sibling and all that being older and younger. Because the know? actor looks thirty years old. I mean, yeah, you know, it looks old. But, 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 but Tom Holland's 23. Right, right. So, yeah, here we go. But the point is that I think that this, exactly, this was pretty much a middle school or whatever, you know, and now he's in their grade. He's yeah. with them, and, you know. And he's and, a man. Yeah, well, he's, you know. There was some editing stuff that kind of weirded me out, because there's, like, 
when MJ and Peter walk out to the bridge and it's like, meet me outside in five minutes, meet me downstairs in five minutes, mm-hmm. they go walk out. Uh, there's a shot that looks like it's going to linger on Ned sitting in the background mm-hmm. and he's in the background and he just leaves it. There's this one sequence right before they get to the guy in Venice that, and they say bow to him. Uh, they're passing the docks and um, and MJ's about to witness the crabs scuttling out of there and they pass this dock and this, I mean he's an extra now but I don't think he was an extra when they cast him and shot him. He notices them walking past and there's a shot of a dude kind of lingering and watching, and he's not the, the bus driver and the writer from later, okay. who works for mm-hmm. for for Quentin. Uh, this is someone who I think was also in Quentin's crew, and he's supposed to be following them in Venice. Okay, prior, I think they pr- just prior to cut the, it. prior to the water elemental yeah. destroying or uh, attacking. And yeah, you see him kind of linger. He's watching them. You see him kind of linger for a split second, and then I was like... So there's probably a scene okay, where he yeah. reports back or something. Or a scene where he follows back. them, or they're being followed for a little bit, and then that it's beat is interrupted by the guy coming up to them. But I felt like the whole about, located yeah. by drone thing made much more sense. Totally. And it's just the Absolutely. whole menacing thing of it, right? Which, by the way, is such a callback to a Winter Soldier. Yes, okay, so... Right? And, right? And that technology is very much a callback, isn't it? Yes, okay, so... The... The part in the movie that I really glazed over, and this one I will admit, I was way too tired. Mm-hmm. Geekscapist, you know I've been traveling. If you listen to the last couple of episodes, you know I've been traveling. I was super, super jet-lagged when I went to see the movie the first time, and I'm attributing a lot of my sentiment towards that. Um, I fell asleep, Ian. Okay. For a split second during that first screening, having seen the full movie, completely awake this time around. And I know that I was only awake mm-hmm. for a split second. It's the most important second of the movie. When Happy has the kids and they are in that they have locked themselves in the tower of yeah, London yeah, yeah. and they and the and the drones are starting to get in. Right. And Peter and Mysterio are facing off and and Mysterio has overridden the the, 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 the controls and he said and, they, and he's like, You're in the blast radius and he turns to Peter facing down the tunnel and says, Come at me, Pete. And like this is it. This is mano a mano, and he makes the drones disappear. Mm-hmm. And Peter has to re- use like, his spider sense. He has to use his spider sense. He has to use the tingle. Yeah, and he goes way back to the. The first time I saw this, I was asleep during his decision awesome. to fall back on the tingle. Watching it today, it's such an awesome beat. It yeah. is the movie, and it's literally what we've been waiting for since Civil War. It's the movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because in, in Homecoming, we don't get any sense of the tingle. In Infinity War, when we see the ha- the hair stand up and mm-hmm. we're getting it, we're like, okay, there it is, and we've been waiting for it. And it's slowly coming, and now there it is, right? That's and holy shit, everything we and wanted. I, and I was awake on, my, on Tuesday night when I saw the gunshot thing and, and him revealing realizing that that's not the real Mysterio on the ground and blah blah blah. And but watching it through the full sequence of him running down the hallway and knocking the drones out and throwing the drones and being really awake during the full choreography mm-hmm. of that instead of just drowsy during the full choreography of that it's pretty incredible yeah and getting to the part where Quentin's on the ground and he's saying the game's over and Quentin's gonna offer him back Edith only for Quentin to actually be next to him with a gun and that sequence happens so fast and awesome yeah, and, if you're not and, awake, and, and again the tingle because was, he listens to it and he gets it. It was awesome, and so that that is the most important. Obviously, I mean, it's the end of the movie. It's the most important part of that movie, and 
to really be awake during yeah, it yeah, was yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I you agree. You, you, you want to be awake when you watch the movie. I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. That's, that, was that, 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 that was a canny observation. You know, I'm glad that I watched the movie again. Because, yeah, me cause, too. Because Ian, I could have recorded this episode based on my first we, impressions. My might, first might impressions, fighting words. My first impressions were not good, Geekscapes. Well, I talked to Big Yanks. What's up, Big Yanks? I talked to Big Yanks over text, and I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I liked this movie. I was incredibly underwhelmed, and I'm listing the complaints here. Um, and Big Yanks then said, hey, man, thinking about it this way, I don't know if I like it. Big Yanks, you're all good. I don't know if you've seen the movie again or not, but... I really enjoyed it. And it doesn't great. have to go into the stories we've seen of Peter before where we expand, the st- where we introduce Harry or maybe we introduce Gwen and maybe it gets bigger and now we go back to the traditional stories. We've seen them done great by, by Sam Raimi in those well, first well, two. Wait, well, wait. Let, 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 let's keep talking about where this movie goes. So first of all, you know, you, as we've been talking, I thought of something that's really interesting. Thinking about Edith and what Edith is, I'm reminded in Endgame you know, when Tony, you know, pretty angrily, you know, says to Cap, oh, yeah, you, you were against us doing, you know, me, you, having the shield, all that. He fucking created his shield. Mm-hmm. He did do it, right? Yeah. Um, which, of course he did. He just, it's nobody else is in control of it but him. Right, right. But of course he did. He has all these satellites up there, and he has all these drones, mm-hmm. and if the aliens come again, Edith takes them out. Yeah. Yeah, Tony is not, I mean, Tony was a flawed individual. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So basically, there's a, an equivalent of a sword mm-hmm. from the comics, where right. it's this interplanetary defense and satellites around the Earth. Um, and Tony, of course, made himself uh, in charge of it. Let's talk about those end credits because so 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 let's talk about that first one because. Well, well before not, we even get there, should we discuss the MJ, the reveal, all that stuff? I mean, we, no, I think, I, we, 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 I think we skipped ex- a lot. I think you expected that in the second movie for MJ to find we out did. that she was Spider-Man. Well, well I, think, I think in the first one we see it, we're like, oh, she knows. But I, I think they played it really well because she did, but she did it just, well, I was 65% certain. Like that was, well, she's a teenager, you know? Yeah, 67 Yeah, yeah, it was like, it was great. Oh, there was some other interesting little... Um, uh, uh, cute little um, Easter eggs in there. There was a one. Um, what was it? There was a license plate. T A S M. Um, was it number one? Was one thirty three? Okay. Um, anyway, it was like a reference to uh, when Peter does go on a European trip in the comics. So it was that's what that issue was. That's cool. Um, you know, it, it, the movie started off, and right away I was like. Are they doing Sandman? Are they doing Hydro Man? So that, sure. was, an, that was an interesting. You saw little, it from the trailers. You started thinking that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so you know, but what they ultimately did was very Diablo, you know, and it's very you know the whole the elements and all that. And that was interesting. A little bit, I was reminded of Pacific Rim. <laughs> I, got, I can see why. Yeah. You know, I was like, I was like, oh, this is kind of the Pacific Rim plot, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, obviously it ended up being BS. But that, honestly, I kind of like that. I like that he just went with this overly outlandish, big sci-fi thing. It was just so funny to say, like, come up with this big thing about multiple dimensions, and the, all that. And I you love know? how much hubris Quentin has in that he's like, that story was ridiculous and they fell for it. Right. But when Peter gets it, because he's such the geek that thinks about this stuff, of course he runs with it, you know? Because that's what it is and that's the world they live in now. And Nick Fury fell for it. Yeah. Well, did he? Fell for did it. they? Right. But um, and that's the thing is, 
You know, I really liked, and something that they really dealt with a lot in the last one as well, as well as in Civil War very much, this whole, this is a world in which other people feel like now there's these super-powered beings, and they feel kind of like people that really would have been and are successful otherwise, and yet they feel pushed by the wayside, right? If they don't fly around and have lasers, yeah. If they don't yeah, have a cape and, and lasers. And yeah. it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of great. And but, you even have Quentin later being like, yes, the cape and, is important. And, and, you know... It speaks to something in the comics that they, they talk about a lot in the DC world and Batman being the impetus of a lot of the villains, but, but you get that a bit in the Marvel stuff, you know, and that's definitely with Mysterio and other characters where they like, okay, these beings that they have to come up with something. It has to be more than just, you Random know, the, yeah, yeah, you, you know, besides the flair for the dramatic and also just being the next level. I like the idea of you know, taking the super technology to the next place. And that was what's great about this is the, well, okay, you have this great technology. There are nefarious ways you could use it too, you know? So, um, I mean, I love that stuff. Uh, I thought, you know, the relationship stuff with the, with the characters was absolutely great. So much comedy. The stuff with Brad, you know, I mean, the drone thing was just funny. I mean, it was just it was just really great. And then ultimately, once MJ's in on the whole secret and, and the stuff with Ned, like, yeah, I was in it first, although that was great. Mm-hmm. But just when, you know, like, that Brett, she just totally shines and was just great, you know? Just to seem like, dude, what, what's with you? Like, you're walking in on people and, you know, <laughs> and then going to the, you know, yeah, br- yeah. bathroom. I mean, yeah, all of that. You know, the, the teachers were great. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, all of that was so much great comedy. So, so Maria Hill and Nick Fury from the get-go. Well, I was going to say Jay Jonah. Before that, I want to. I want to. Okay. I want to talk to that because that is the first post. That's the first post credit. But okay, fine. And we, it's we big. Like a, yeah, yeah. So, so at the end, basically, so Peter and MJ are together. They get back. The first post credit sequence after the um, actors are shown. And, and you know, Mary we, Jane we, we, goes to yeah, her first one. Yeah, 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 we have their date. They would do that. And I actually love the very realistic, okay, never again. That's fucking terrifying someone has <laughs> yeah. superpowers. Yeah. I mean, like, I can't even imagine. That would be horrible, you yeah, know? I don't want to swing through there again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then to have, you know, and, and you see, you actually see, you know, um, what was it? Was it... Uh, Will was that Peter Billingsley's character? Peter Billingsley removes the flash drive, yes. downloads so the drone data, and removes the flash drive. When Mysterio gets taken down, when Quentin gets taken down, they're all Mysterio. But when Quentin right. gets taken down, you see Peter Billingsley's character take the flash drive, download it with data, and he ducks out. Right. So, so you're wondering, oh, is that going to come into a later movie? No. Right away, we see that he's uploaded this footage that's doctored to make it look like. Mysterio was a hero. Peter's the bad guy. Spider-Man's the bad guy. Right away, we have J. Jonah Jameson flashing chorus. It's J.K. Simmons, mm-hmm. you know, playing him. And I wish which is awesome. I wish he'd looked a little more like J.J. But, but it was still great. Right? It was still great. Well, the, I mean, it's funny that he's like an Alex Jones type. Yeah. But that's what he does in really, Ian, I'm not going to make fun of you on the show or like bully you or anything, but... The the PS4 Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man story we've had in recent uh, okay. memory. It's just it's a video game. The J the treat the, first off him web swinging and throwing up the the peace sign while he's web swinging is in the video game. Okay, which is awesome. It's a pose you can do. Also, Jay Jonah in that game isn't through the newspapers. He comes in through the radio mm-hmm. as Peter's swinging. He he connects to the different police radios and you can hear Jay Jonah's. 
uh, tabloid talk show in there, and it's all hilarious because, like, in the in the game, if you've just defeated X villain and something got destroyed in the fight, <laughs> then you hear Jay Jonah being like, "The terrorist Spider Man is fighting," you know, and, and you hear him complain about the the story uh, point that just happened in, mm-hmm. the, in the game. It's hilarious. It's phenomenal. The game is again the best Spider-Man story in, the, in recent ah. memory. And we've gotten some great Spider-Man stories, folks. Uh, that J. Jonah treatment that we saw in in Far From Home is straight out of the video game. Well, did you like that the, the, the white spider on that in that later costume, which is you not to the game? Yeah, you know. And by the way, creating that costume definitely had some you know nods to Secret Wars a bit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, I like the fact when I, I like the moment where hap, where he he hugs Happy, which is crazy that like Happy has turned into this father figure character, which I like. Yeah, I like that Happy, but it, it really works at the end of Endgame. It, and it, and it, oh, the, the the cheeseburger scene at the end of Endgame is my favorite scene in Endgame. And there's some great scenes in Endgame, but that little sentiment piece mm-hmm. is my favorite scene in Endgame. Um, the moment with Peter where he calls Happy and asks him for help, and Happy shows up and helps him. And they talk about missing Tony. That stuff is so great. Mm-hmm. Made better though. We really didn't even talk about how like, Tony no. is so prevalent. What when he's not in the movie, but it's like, yeah, he saved the world, and everyone is yeah. just you know. There's so many trip everywhere they go. There's a tribute to Tony Stark. He's a painting in the airport. I mean, it's everywhere. But at the end of awesome. the at the end of the movie, when when Nick Fury is like, okay, like I want more Peter, and Happy's like, he'll call you. Yeah, that's great. And he stands up for Peter, uh, and he becomes like a father figure. Uh, but, but by the way, Peter. what about with Peter with with the press conference? It's right out of the first Iron Man, mm-hmm. right? That ending with him with the press conferences. It's it's like it's it's the same thing. Yeah. So now we've got Jay Jonah in Mysterio putting this video up, and Peter's identity has been revealed to the public. Yeah. So he and, says it, but it's not like Iron Man. Admitting he's right. Spider Man because it wasn't voluntary. No, it's thrown out there for Peter. And Both he and MJ witness it, and he's framed as a murderer. Right, and they, but they do the callback to Aunt May at the end yeah. of Homecoming with the what the fuck, and then yeah. it cuts, which is awesome. Where do you go with that? That's the thing. So for me, I was so shocked by that. I was absolutely shocked. First, it's like it's Spider Man menace. So I'm like, okay, wow, they're doing that. But then to reveal the identity, I was like, holy. It's also Civil War when he, yeah, when he came yeah. out uh, but, with but, Tony. But then he did it. He's a hero. Yeah. They, they didn't do it. Like, this is just next level. Like, I, I don't even know what they're going to do. So there's a character that's already in the MCU who's been looking for this information. And I think it leads to Spider-Man 3. So the, I, exactly. The I think Scorpion, that's what I said. The Scorpion Coming out of it, the it, 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 Yes, the, the end credit scenes of Homecoming... You have, exactly. You have the Scorpion, and it, it's they were setting up centers to six. Yeah, and the Scorpion comes up to Tombs in jail and says, "Who is he? Tell me who it is." And Michael Keaton's Tomb says, "Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that." Right. But now but, all he has to do is turn on the news in jail, and suddenly the Scorpion knows who he is. Tombs already knows who it is. So I think so the third I movie wonder, we're getting is a bit of a Sinister Six. Yeah, but but is it going to be a Sinister Six where is he? Are they after him? Are they together? Is he thrown in with oh, them at some point? Peter there's so many apart. things they could do here. Yeah, it's there's a great treatment of Sinister Six in that PS4 game, and it's awesome. And wow. it, and it reminded me of this where where they start to get the personal information, and you're like, oh crap, they're going to take Peter's life apart. Yeah, I mean, there was a great comment I saw um, on Facebook. Someone said like, usually it's like, all right, you're watching the movie, like, all right, I can't wait to see it again. No, this one was like, uh. I can't. When's the next one? Like it's like it's like what? 
The yeah. way that they ended that that way, I'm absolutely blew my mind. So in the MCU Spider Verse, we have ourselves. We have the Vulture. We've got Mysterio. I'm, if he's dead or not dead, come on. Like, well, yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, we definitely have we Scorp- Scorpion. We have Scorpion, Vulture. We have Shocker. Mm-hmm. And now we have potentially Mysterio. Um, we have the Tinker. We have the Tinker. I don't know if Tinker is going to be in the Sinister Six. Probably but, not. But I'm um, just saying that they did yeah. him in Homecoming. But we, but we may get. But we kind of need two or three more villains that can be introduced in a Sinister Six. Should be Otto. Should be Otto. Um, Electro. And Electro, yeah. Craven, maybe, maybe not. Or, or, or Hydra or Sandman. Yeah. We'll see what we get in Spider-Man Yeah, 3. I mean, Lizard usually not. Green Goblin usually not. And I don't think that one of those characters is going to get introduced in a Phase yeah. 4. You know, you, you, could do, you could do a Boomerang. Do Boomerang, we see Boomerang's sp- often in, in the Sinister Six and the Beetle. Okay, so let's talk about that last um, scene with Nick Fury and the, the bigger MCU. So, but but in my question is, do we see Spider-Man in Phase 4 of any of that stuff? Or do we only see Spider-Man... So. You only see Spider-Man in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, you either get, he's in Spider-Man 3 and maybe if they go and do a new Avengers, but... Um, I mean, I, I, first of all, there's not going to be a new a new Avengers, meaning that an Avengers movie that's now the, the new team, um, which is, you know, the, I mean, who is the new team? Not, you know, it's yeah. definitely Captain Marvel. Sam. And Black Panther. It's Sam. It's probably Falcon Cap, mm-hmm. you know, Winter Soldiers, and maybe, maybe w- not. WandaVision. You know? Maybe. I, I don't know if that's time travel thing, what's going to go on with that. I don't know if they're around for that. He got downloaded in, the, he got downloaded in Wakanda. I think so. I think so, too. I think so. Um, you know, Doctor Strange is obviously around, you know, for a new Banners Avengers around. team. Hulk, I'm not sure, you know, I guess is, is his arm not healing? I mean, obviously he can still be in it. Hawkeye. You know? What's that? Hawkeye. Hawkeye's series, Hawkeye's going to retire and he's okay. going to set up Kate Bishop, which is maybe yeah. is, maybe isn't setting sure. up Young Avengers. But I could see you it. have stature yeah. set. Oh, obviously Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh huh. You know. So yeah, there can be a new Avengers movie. Yeah. And I expect another Ant Man with them doing stature. Rumor, rumor I've heard. This is not in any way a fact, but rumor I've heard is that they don't feel those do that well and they may just keep them in the team movie. But I don't know. Okay. I think those movies are great. They feel like the Ant Man movies don't do well. Someone told I me love that. The I, don't know I do too. I just that supposedly that's someone said that to me. I don't. Know but you don't think that we get Peter in anything but another Spider-Man? Home. Yeah, yeah, okay. and I'm certainly not in, with, in this. You know, with, with this being left the way it is, we're certainly not getting him something else <laughs> yeah, before cause, that. Because coming up, we've got Eternals. We probably have. Yeah. We have a Captain Marvel too. We've got a Black Panther too. Well, well, so so let, 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 let's talk about Doctor Strange too. Yeah, let, 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 let's talk about that 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 end sequence. Okay. Um, Describe so, it for me. So. Essentially, you know, we have the scene. It's seemingly Nick Fury and Maria Hill driving. And coming off of what's now happened with Peter and being, you know, outed as well as now he's been framed. And obviously, the Nick Fury and Maria Hill know that this isn't true, that the spy organizations know that it isn't true. They certainly should step in and say, no, this isn't true, right? But now it's like, oh, they're talking like, well, you know, we have to tell him. And it's revealed, suddenly they morph and they're scrolls. In particular, the Nick Fury one was Talos, mm-hmm. the main scroll from Captain Marvel. Um, suddenly, the, and unfortunately for me, 
I knew about this a few weeks before the movie. Yeah. And I read it and I hoped it wasn't, I read it somewhere that it wasn't definitive. I hoped it wasn't true. But when they, the lines thrown out like, you know, like don't take her name in vain kind of thing. I was like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a scroll. That's, you know, like definitely. And they also referenced the crease so casually. And I was like, yeah, you know, when you look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., sure, they know a lot about the Kree and all that, but, yeah, so... Yeah, Fury standing up for Captain Marvel's reference yeah. was a little much, and then you realize he's Talos. Yeah, so the whole movie, it hasn't been Fury or Hill, which actually makes the fact that Fury was ever duped by Mysterio, because the real Nick Fury never would have been duped by yeah, him. Yeah, I felt like there was a lot of, there's been a lot of character assassination on Nick Fury, yeah. starting at Captain Marvel and him losing his eye in a way that wasn't the way he described in Winter Soldier. Um, that being said, I was okay with him. And, and I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, so Nick Fury is just a complete moron? Yeah. And then... Yeah, no, he's not. not. He's not he's Nick Fury. Yeah. inexperienced Talos. Right. Who's a family man who happens to also be a scroll. <laughs> right, right. Um, but Fury is up there on this it's, scroll ship. The way it was described to me, he's on a mission, and he has them... I, 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 in my mind, I don't get why... Why does the need someone to be covering Nick Fury instead of he's just in space? He's on a mission. What's the difference? Unless... So I'm hoping there's going to be a reveal saying there's a reason he needed that because that's what I missed. Maybe that's cut. I don't know. But yeah, they're, they're, maybe they're putting something together. Yeah, and 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 in particular, what surprised me about that is it seems to me that has to be a Captain Marvel two thing. That's not something else. But there's this ship full of scrolls and and Nick is on it. Yeah. Or Eternals. It could be Eternals, but it just doesn't. I mean, it, it definitely could be if the Eternals goes that cosmic. Mm-hmm. It just seems to me like that's very clearly would be Captain Marvel too, and I haven't heard that that's you know coming so soon that you know. But but that was, I mean, obviously it's a very deliberate um, plan to have put that in that you know Feige knows, and I you know maybe it's going to be announced at Comic Con. And Eternals is supposedly in in casting, right? Oh, like like, Eternals is way, but Eternals is is cosmic. They simply they simply land on Earth. If you're yeah. going with the storyline that John Romita Jr. drew that was was written by who? Was that um, Ellis? Or was that Millar? Do you remember, you know which one I'm talking about, right? And Romita Jr. just did the artwork. It's the most recent yeah. mini run of Eternals where they land in in San Francisco and there's an Eternal st- there's a there's a celestial standing in Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, remember the idea of the Eternals is they've been around throughout history forever and my interpretation of what we've seen of casting is in the comics, the Eternals were originally men that were, you know, basically, it, it's very similar to the Inhumans, except the Celestials mess with, you Empowered, know, early, yeah. early human humankind as mm-hmm. opposed to being the Kree messing with them. And they there's two offshoots. There's the Deviants and there's the Eternals. And the Eternals, of course, are thought of as gods throughout history. And whereas in, in the comics, you have... All the different pantheons of gods all exist in the Marvel comics. So there's the Norse gods, there's the Greek gods, there's the Egyptian gods. They're all different pantheons and they live in their own dimension, whatever. So I think it's actually, and they actually say that with the Eternals in particular, a lot of the Greek myths, some of the things were done by an Eternal that is similar to a Greek god and some were done by a Greek god. You know? And you're the the head Eternal was Zeros and obviously the head, you know, Greek god was Zeus. So you might we see so Hercules what, in them. Well, movie? what they're doing instead is they're just going now. Instead of making it all that, it's just the Eternals were the Greek gods. Yeah. So Hercules is actually going to be an Eternal. 
Yes. As opposed to being the separate pantheon, the Greek gods and the What's Thanos' is tied to that? So, Thanos, some of the Eternals at a certain point, like Millennium. centuries ago, yeah. left Earth and they settled on Titan. Titan is a moon. Um, oh, Jupiter. Yeah, and so they, they settle on Titan and... Is, what, Titan, Jupiter or Saturn? Jupiter. Is it Jupiter? Oh, yeah. it's Jupiter. Anyway, Geekscapist? So, yeah, my, it out. my I, I should know that better. But anyway, um, my astronomy should be better than that. Uh, mine but shouldn't. A, anyway, um, so they settled long ago. And so Thanos is, you know, and, and they, they, they consider him an eternal of Titan, a Titanian, mm-hmm. you know, what have you. So, um, so he is an eternal. So it may be that in doing that movie, they definitively say that Thanos is a member of that race. I mean, all we saw, you know, in Infinity War is that his planet was what it was in the dark. I mean, clearly Thanos is majorly cosmic superpowered, right? Yeah, but that, wasn't, mean, that wasn't Titan. It was some distant universe. That one. It wasn't, we, it, we, yeah. we don't know where that was. I know. But it, we don't know. Yeah, but you would think Tony it Stark wasn't Titan. drifting in space. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you would think. It, would, it was not exactly nearby. Um... But then again, in the in the MCU, he's not necessarily from the moon of Titan, right? Right. Right. So we can have a completely so, different origin to the Eternals. And I'm I mean, looking forward to it. They don't have to say that Thanos is part of that race. Right. I just think it is a good way to tie in and make it a little interesting. To and it, it does sure. exist in the comics. Sure. You know, um, and listen, it could be a planet far away and still have been that race, right? So do are but, we moving but, our way towards? We're definitely not moving our way towards secret invasion. No, I think we're definitely not because that's the thing. Someone said to me after the movie, "Oh, so Secret Invasion?" Like, yeah, but they weren't doing anything malicious. No, no, they're the good guys. Yeah, the scrolls are good guys now. You can't really do Secret Invasion right now. Um, But I always love the idea. No, we we got Secret Invasion and Dark Phoenix. Right. I don't even (laughs) go back and listen to that episode, Geekscapist. If you want to hear two men broken. If you want to hear two broken men crying, go back and listen to the Dark Phoenix episode. <laughs> um, so I like the cosmic turn on uh, so far on Phase Four because obviously I love the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. I love the appeal of maybe Galactus. And, and by up. the way, it, it actually arguably adds something to the deep shit that Peter's in by saying it's not the real Nick Fury because that guy can't fix it. Mm-hmm. The Nick Fury was around, he could fix it. Yeah. Right? But Kalos posing as Nick Fury can't fix it for Peter. No. Um, so it might be that the idea there is that, well, that's what we're going to do. That's where we're moving the pieces around, and that's going to work for the set of Spider Man 3, which I'm sure is only two years away. And I'm looking forward to some Sinister I mean, Six. That, but I'm just saying to you that we, I don't know for sure, but we probably get Spider Man 3 before we get Captain Marvel 2. Mm-hmm. Does right? Have, what do does, you think? Uh, do we get Spider-Man three before Captain Marvel two? Yes. Or around the same. We time. definitely get. We're definitely getting Doctor Strange sooner. Yes, yeah. that's in going. That's happening. Uh, we're definitely getting Black Widow. That's going. Right. We're definitely getting Black Panther. Earlier. We know is going to be got to go. No, it's happening, yeah. but it's not happening till for a couple of years. They've stated that Guardians four. Th- did they say twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two for Black well, they, Panther? They've stated that Guardians three is the end of the phase. Oh, did they like say the that? The latest is the last. Okay, because well, they know that he's now starting that until he's yeah. done with Suicide Squad. That's right. James Gunn's not starting until su- after Suicide Squad, and so we've got we've got kind of this amorphous phase. Yeah. Well, I, I think we're going to get a lot. I think 
I expect at Comic-Con they're going to announce what the next probably five movies are. It's going to be awesome. Anything else you want to add on Spider-Man Far From Home? Um, well, I mean, speaking about that, obviously I think the big thing, the big speculation is whether or not Fantastic Four is going to fall into that. And, and again, you know, I found myself, as I'm sitting there, I'm seeing these elementals, all that, and I was thinking, like, okay, is this, you know, it's just a little bit of Fantastic Four with the elemental thing, and yet they were fake. So that's interesting, right? Um, yeah, just, listen, for me overall, it's a really good, fun movie. It's consistent. It really didn't lull for me. It was so sweet. I mean, even things like the whole relationship with Happy and May was great. I did not, going into the movie, I expected May to have been really broken and she lost them all that. I was like, oh no, they just blipped her too. Yeah. You know, I was like, all right. You know, I get it. And I, I like the whole thing about how, yeah, and she showed up back in her apartment and other people living there. And you know, I think that there, I mean, seeing Marissa Tomei and how beautiful she's been for the last 30 years, mm-hmm. I think she's actually been blipped several times. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, that great. woman does not age. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, um, I mean, I'm a little confused about, you know, I mean, I have no idea how that world works financially. Like, you've been gone. It's fun. Your money and your jobs right. and all those things. But, you know, I mean, I thought it was interesting that, you know, you had a sense in Endgame that things were really messed up with all the people gone, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's very sci-fi of it, you know, to take this and do this and, you know, and actually see ramifications. Um, that's something that the MCU's done really well. There's ramifications to all these fantastical things happening. You know? So the storyline continues, Geekscapists. Um, that is Ian and I talking Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. If you guys have feedback to the episode or you guys want to share the episode with your other friends who may have not fully appreciated the, ep- the, the movie the way I did upon first screening, go ahead and share the episode with them. It, our numbers have been up like crazy, so I'm really excited about doing more and more Geekscape episodes going into Comic-Con. Comic-Con is going to be the next thing you probably hear from this feed. It's going to be crazy. We got that booth the entire time, and there's going to be a lot of friends there that we're going to sit down with and put up on this feed. Not only am I going to be there, but Matt Kelly from the Horror Movie Night podcast is going to be there recording. Uh, we've pretty much got three or we got four or five of our podcasts present at Comic Con. So if you're not subscribing to me or Xbox Game Passengers or Matt or any of their shows that are up on the podcast network, um, you're missing out because we're starting to rock. We're also going to be launching a brand new website for Comic-Con, so be looking at geescape.net, and if you just go into a website for your podcast, ain't your thing, you guys can find us at all the different feeds, iHeartRadio, just got added, all that stuff, and of course we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that stuff, so again, share Geekscape with your friends, they'll become better friends. Um, Ian, you're pretty stoked for Comic-Con. Pretty stoked. Uh, and yeah, you shared the schedule. You, you've already gone through the schedule. You got the highlights. Well, I, I only had Thursday so far. I need to go through the rest. That's the only thing they've shared. They've announced. That, that's so all I saw there. Okay. I'm sure there's a link by now. Okay. But um, I, I skip looking at the schedule yeah. as you named it because my schedule is just I'll be at the booth. Be but the there's booth. gonna be some awesome stuff at the booth. Um, really excited about the stuff as we announce it. Um, Geekscapist, we'll see you at Comic Con. You'll definitely hear us from Comic Con. And maybe if I get a chance, I'll put together a preview episode for Comic-Con, but I think chances are we're just going to be there. There's a lot between now and then that's going to be going down. Uh, We love you guys. Thanks, Geekscape Forever. Over and out. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 